Another really unique blog with a unique point perspective and point of view is Gusts of Popular Feeling, which takes a very sort of academic mm, a and more academic very historical this. view of what's happening, including contemporary events. And yes. it's very, very thoughtful and well-researched, and its comment section is remarkably civil. Yes, it is. And... Um, he just is a very neutral person interested in certain topics. He's also interested very much in Korean urban development. Right. Yes. Um, he puts up fabulous pictures. I think a lot of Korean folks uh, who don't know very much about the city of Seoul uh, could learn a lot from that blog. There's a lot of interesting uh, history of the city. Right. There. Another blog that is not necessarily – it doesn't have very much perspective – at all um, in terms of the commentary, but it translates Korean news stories into English. It's called Korea Beat, and Korea Beat is a useful window for foreigners into what Korean news media is talking about. And that's just it. What Korean news media reports in Korean is sometimes very different than what's going on in, in the English. English media produced by the Korean media. Yes. So foreigners sometimes have this sort of skewed perspective on what's going on and what Koreans think because many foreigners rely on the English news media. Yes. And oftentimes the certain stories don't get translated into the English language Korean newspapers. Right. And oftentimes the stories that are about foreigners. <laughs> and on my blog, the Metropolitan blog, one of my um, personal gripes, the axe that I have to grind. He has many, he many axes, axes and he runs. In my closet. <laughs> he keeps running out of millstones. <laughs> So I have many axes to grind. Do you grind on a millstone? No, I just grind, grind on my on brain. Grindstone. You grind on a grindstone. <laughs> um, is about the very skewed and biased uh, and very prejudiced representation of foreigners in the Korean media. Because the foreigners you hear about are... Drunk. Pot-smoking. Canadian. AIDS-having. White. Korean women-deceiving... Men who have fake degrees and much, much more. <laughs> and depending on the administration, foreign bad guys have changed. Before, uh, if you were a foreigner, you did not want to be mistaken for a military GI. But now the GIs don't don't right. They don't want to be mistaken for an English teacher <laughs> because English teachers have the bad reputation. Um. So, anyway, these are some of the perspectives. Um, there's a whole different way of looking at Korea um, that I think a lot of Koreans might find interesting. So, one example of this difference of point of view, it has to do with kimchi. What about kimchi? <laughs> um, there are certain things that are just annoying, irritating to hear. And it's not that someone's right or wrong. It's just irritating to me. It irritates me that when people ask me, after knowing I've lived in Korea for five years, do you eat kimchi? 
Can yeah, you, I hate that question. Can you eat kimchi? No, I'm physically incapable. I get a rash when I think about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, I just hate that question. Or, oh, you use chopsticks well. We, we have chopsticks in America, too. And it's most like people being surprised. can use them somewhat. Yeah, it's like being surprised that a Korean person could use a fork. Yes. I say, wow, Korean friend, you use forks well. You call your friends Korean, Korean friend. friend. <laughs> it's like in Ratatouille, hey, tiny chef. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think that's what people are thinking about. They say, hey, foreign man, you can do something unexpected well. And I think from the uh, foreigner's point of view... How can you not eat kimchi if you live in Korea or are in Korea? Especially since it's going to be served to you at every meal. <laughs> yes. Um, or... Well, yeah. when people visit my apartment, they're always really surprised because I have a Korean roommate. And they come into our room and they see a bed and a yo. And they look in our refrigerator and they see, you know, kimchi... Different panchan, different vegetables and things. And then they see, you know, yogurt, mm-hmm. um, ketchup. And what do they assume? <laughs> and they assume that my Korean roommate is the one sleeping on the yo, eating the kimchi, yes. making the bokumbap. And it turns out it's entirely backwards. I sleep on the yo. Yes. There are multiple reasons for this. Mostly I sleep on the yo because I think it's comfortable and I think... It's more comfortable than the Western-style beds I've slept on in Korea. In Korea. Uh, Maybe not at home. I like my bed at home. But, you know, in Korea, it's just, it's more comfortable. Yeah. And my roommate can't cook most Korean foods. (laughs) (laughs) She, well, she doesn't cook much at all, but she really can't cook Korean food. So if you come to her house and you have doenjang jjigae or kimchi bokumbap, I'm probably the one who made it. And and you make it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple reasons for that, once again. Hmm. First of all, if I try and make Western food in Korea, y- you can't. I don't have an oven. The ingredients aren't the same. If I make Western food, it tastes really strange and very bad. And, you know, I learned to cook. Most people learn to cook in America when they're college age or just out of college. Well, when I was in college and just out of college, I was spending a lot of time in Korea, so I learned to cook Korean food. But people don't make that assumption when they visit my apartment. And it's not to brag and be like, I am more Korean than my roommate. Well, the one thing is we, both you and I, have lived the majority of our adult lives in Korea. Right. I've lived as an adult longer in Korea than I have in America. And one thing that I think is a constant assumption um, or a constant way of looking at foreigners is that foreigners are perpetual tourists in Korea. Right. And I wish uh, people would see that even someone living here for a year can become very familiar with this culture. Um, And comfortable in it in a lot of ways. Yes. And... People see me often as a foreigner first and are surprised when I can do basic things, such as direct the taxi driver. I tell the taxi driver to go turn left 
I tell the taxi driver to turn left outside my house. And the taxi drivers all say, oh, but you can't go through that alley. There's no exit. And I say, just turn left. And they're like, when they go through the alley and realize I'm right, because I live here. I live in this area. I've lived in this area for five years. They're so surprised. How do you know? You know traffic so well. For You're a foreigner. How can you know better than me? Duh. And we lived here. I, yeah, I live in this area. You know, this is my neighborhood. And, you know, it's very difficult to see me as a person who is just another person in Korea who happens to be a foreigner, not you are a perpetual tourist. Yeah, it, it's always assumed that we are here short term. Yeah. And the, the mistake that I think a lot of the like Seoul City government makes is it cannot see foreigners as anything other than tourists and temporary visitors. So they spend more money on having clean bathrooms or more effort. Now, personally, I appreciate the clean sure. bathrooms very much. But Keep up the good clean bathroom work. <laughs> but I would rather not have some silly program designed for so-called foreigners. I'd rather have Korean websites recognize my foreigner identification number. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story that we'll get into someday about how tragic our lives are <laughs> because the Korean internet is basically closed to us. Exactly. And the, it's all from perspective because no one makes policies or plans, it seems, based on looking at foreigners as people living here as opposed to, oh, you're all tourists. We'll, have, we'll smile for you. We'll accept your money. But we don't think of you as neighbors. It kind of reminds me, I grew up in Oregon, and for a while, Oregon had this sort of crazy motto for the tourists. It went something along the lines of, welcome to Oregon, have a great visit, and then go home. <laughs> I'm very loosely paraphrasing it, but the gist was, thanks for the visit, now go on your way. <laughs> well, I think that the Korean, the Korean unstated motto is... Thanks for coming to Korea, spend a lot of money, and please leave. <laughs> I don't know that it's so much please leave as it is, eh, you would want to stay? Yeah, people ask me all the time, when are you going back to America? And I say, I don't know, when I go. <laughs> but there's this assumption that I don't make my home here. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know... A lot of frustration amongst foreigners comes from that fact. I want to say to a lot of Korean government officials or, you know, people I meet, hey, you don't have to treat me any differently. You don't have to give me special, you know, clean, you know, clean bathroom campaigns. Or You can give his <laughs> clean bathrooms to me. Yes. I will accept them happily. But I'd rather have basic things. Like, I want to be able to... Um, Use the internet, get a credit card, make train reservations. I can't make a Cyril page. You can make one, but you have to copy your uh, foreigner's identification number. <laughs> I have a Cyril page because I made it before they realized that many foreigners would want Cyril pages yes. and made extra requirements. Yes. Yeah, so now to have a Cyril page, I have to send 
my foreigner's identification card, copy of my passport, and fax it to them and wait for them to look at it. I think finding out about what foreigners are thinking is can be a very interesting thing for uh, Koreans to do, and this is one thing our podcast wants to help along. So, Mike, what will you actually do this Lunar New Year break? Um, I'm going to watch movies, do some work, and uh, go to lots of restaurants and so, enjoy the silence. So it'll be a typical week with you for you, plus you'll be doing some work. Yes. <laughs> Not much change. Except, well, the streets will be far less busy, so... So what are you going to do? Well, usually I would go down south to Gyeongsangdo and spend the holiday with my host family and extended family. But I've become very much like all the young women I hang out with here in Seoul. And instead of going home, I'm going to go to Shanghai this holiday. Ah, China. Well, my college friend is getting married, so... Hmm. I'm going to go to her wedding. Oh, nice. It will be nice. I've never been to China before. I got kicked out of China once, but that's, that's another, another story. story. So that should wrap things up for this week. That will indeed wrap them up. We'd like to remind everybody that links to all the blogs we've mentioned today will be available on the website. Under our show links. Under our show links and also in the transcript. Yes. One more thing we'd like to mention in this podcast before we sign off is that if you have a study group of five or more members... Five or more, please. Feel free to contact us about having an in-person consultation with your study group. What does that mean? It means Mike or I will schlep out to where you are, or you will maybe schlep to where we are. Yes. And Mike maybe, is lazy. <laughs> and maybe while having dinner, hint, hint, we can talk about how to better use this podcast with your study group. Michael thinks with his stomach. <laughs> and one person on the site asked, what do you guys get out of this? Do we get money? No, we don't get money. But we do want to help promote the podcast. And if that means happy listeners who will be very eager to tell their friends and their colleagues, um, listen to this podcast. It's a good resource. It's helping us. Then that helps our podcast as well. So check the links, check the comments, let us know what you think. This is bombenglish.com signing out. Signing out until after the holiday ends. And we'll come back with some more substantial interviews and content for you. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Hey, hey, folks, money, pot of sale. Yeah.